You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly Waste Not series in which we discuss food-related waste and other ways that households and communities can act locally to contribute to global change. We'll be discussing sustainable eating and managing food waste with Ellen Lakusiak, public health dietitian with the Middlesex London Health Unit. Welcome, Ellen. Hello. So nice to have you here, Ellen. Let's start with the basics. What does sustainable eating mean? Well, sustainable eating is about choosing foods that are helpful to our environment and our bodies. So that uh, definition comes from the American Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, but it's described in many other ways as well. There's another definition on the National Food Policy for Canada website that talks about sustainable eating as referring to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which many people have heard about, but they include ending hunger, promoting good health, cutting food waste, and encouraging a sustainable food system. And sustainable food practices are those that reduce environmental impact and that improve the climate resilience of the Canadian food system, but also being good for our bodies and healthy for us. Wow, so really, really comprehensive. So lots of good things to unpack and talk about today. And how does accessing local foods help with both environmental and social sustainability? Well, if we could all access food that was grown, packaged, and distributed closer to home more often, not only would it improve the environmental impact of getting food to people, but it would also enhance the local food system by supporting our own farmers and producers. This would lead to a more secure local food system and enhance our ability to feed our own communities. This prepares us much better for weather emergencies, but also for other events such as the global pandemic or even war in other countries. As we've seen, um, everything affects our food system. And if we had a more sustainable food system going forward, this would help us be better prepared for all of these catastrophic events that definitely have an impact on our food. I couldn't agree more, Ellen. And we're hearing lots of pressures that families are facing right now, price of gas and um, increased input costs and, and farmers are experiencing the same thing. So if we can, reduce some of those inputs and support our local economies and um, not only pay less in transport costs, but also reduce the amount of transport emissions and things that are required when we're, we're shipping food either across the world or across broad geographic distances. So really, really, really great. And I know that there have been some wonderful community successes. Thunder Bay has done some really amazing things about increasing the stability of the food supply and the relationships with the local producers um, in the north and also uh, increasing food security overall. So everything that you mentioned is so incredibly important when we think about sustainable eating. And earlier, Ellen, you mentioned sustainable eating includes foods that are good for our bodies. Can you expand on this, please? Eating sustainably includes adding more vegetables and fruit to what we eat and also choosing foods that are less processed and grown close to home or grown ourselves. Fewer processed foods tend to have less packaging and use less energy and water to produce. So if we try and pick fewer of those processed foods, that will definitely help our bodies as well as the environment. Um, Trying to throw away less of our food, which is better for our health, as the foods that we tend to throw away most often are the vegetables and fruit that we either buy too much of or we're not storing properly. And drinking more water from the tap and fewer sweetened packaged drinks is really a lot better for our health. 
and our bodies and the environment. So those are just a few examples of how sustainable eating can be good for our health and our bodies. I was thinking as you were speaking, Ellen, of Mother Nature, not only Mother Nature in that our, our bodies are seeking nutrients to, you know, do different things with to help with a healthy overall body, but also how that's really situated in all the things that you had said about trying to stay away a little bit. Uh, treats are nice. We need a healthy um, overall pattern of eating. It's really important, though, to increase, as you said, our fruit and vegetable consumptions, all the vitamins and nutrients that are there, but also the fiber, the soluble and the insoluble fiber that a lot of diets can be lacking if we're eating a lot of highly processed foods. Again, what's good for our bodies is close to nature, close to home, and as, as, as much as possible close to our environments. And why should sustainable eating be approached in a holistic, balanced, and integrated way? Well, it's more than the food we eat, right? It's, it's also about where the food comes from, how much we throw away, how it's grown, and sharing food so that everyone has equal access to healthy, sustainable food. And that's called food justice, which we're starting to talk about a lot more lately. There are many tips for eating sustainably, and I'll mention a few of those. Um, growing food on your deck in a pot or in a community garden. Um, it's important to check your labels of food to see where the food is coming from and try to purchase from Ontario or Canadian grown if possible. Initiate conversations about food. Talk with farmers at your market or at your local farm. and personnel at the grocery stores and restaurants and growing number of people who aren't paying attention to how foods are getting to their plate. So where is the food coming from? So ask those questions. I also wanted to talk about eating seasonally because many of the foods that don't grow in Canada during January still have access to because they're coming from across the world. This means they're likely coming from far away. So when possible, focus on those that are available in season where you live and you'll be supporting sustainability that way. And check labels on frozen or canned foods in the winter times. Many foods that are produced in Canada in the summertime are also processed in Canada, and you can buy them in the wintertime, but they're still Canadian grown. And ask your food providers to support local farmers, local producers, and sustainable agriculture. Because there's so much of this happening uh, right around the corner, right in our um, farm communities close by. And this will help if we know more about it and show support for these farmers that are trying to do better for the environment, then this will help us uh, to buy more sustainable food. Those are all excellent tips, Ellen. And we're going to put some context to us thinking about if we followed the journey of the foods that we were choosing, where did it come from? And certainly supporting local farmers, like you said. So wonderful tips to think about eating sustainably. It sort of really is holistic in its very nature. You're talking about good for the body, local economies, and um, thinking about the broader food environment. So really, it is balanced and holistic. And you gave some really great tips to think about that. Ellen, where can listeners find out more about sustainable eating in our community? Well, um, we have what's called the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Um, I work with them very closely and we have a great website um, and we have some social media that you can follow. And that way you can learn about how the council is advocating for a more sustainable food system. Um, we host a directory on that website that features a listing of places in Middlesex London where you can buy and or learn about local food. And um, also check out the Middlesex County website for a great Middlesex culinary guide that showcases places in our area that use local food, plus a series of videos that they've produced called Hands to Table, um, which showcases local restaurateurs and farmers and how they work together to um, get more local food in those environments. The Food Policy Council is also hosting events, and we partner with agri-food groups to provide information sessions on how to eat more sustainably. So look out for those too. 
Okay, that sounds really great. And I couldn't agree with you more. The Middlesex London Food Policy Council, it's, a, it's an amazing team, uh, a real dedicated group who have put together some wonderful resources that are contextualized into our experience. However, linked to things that are happening Canadian-wide, for example, the school food policy and things that are happening in the province, for example, the School Food Literacy Act that we're trying to get expanded into the Ontario school system. So the group has done a wonderful things and you can get so excited to be living in this community when you go to the Middlesex London Food Policy Council site because there's so much to discover. And same thing, you had mentioned Middlesex County in the Culinary Guide. We're going to be having Kara Finn coming on in uh, a couple of shows uh, next month, but she can talk all about the Culinary Guide. And there's so much talent and so many resources locally to help with sustainable eating, but there's still so much to discover. And it's really exciting. So thank you for mentioning those two links and two sources to look for. You mentioned, Ellen, that there were some um, events coming up. And I'm wondering, are there anything specifically planned that we should start to think about scheduling into our calendars? Yeah, um, the Food Policy Council is hosting a food literacy event in November, at, uh, actually November 5th at the Grove at the Western Fair. And this will be open to the public. And so stay tuned for that event. We'll be having some local farmers and food advocates and uh, others speaking on, on how to eat more sustainably, but also how to access more local food and what's happening in our community. Uh, we're also working on what's called the Community Food Assessment for Middlesex London. That will be complete by the end of the year. And this report will provide a picture of our local food system. So what's working well, what's not working so well, the effect of COVID on how we're accessing our food and our local food system and what we can do to make an improvement so that we we have in future we have a better access to local food so those two things are happening in the next to eight months oh that's great so november 5th and the western fair is doing some great thing returning to its agricultural roots and this sounds like a wonderful place to go and discover at the western fair and then certainly looking at the food environment locally lots more to look forward to at the end of the year that um, some partners are looking into again for our long-term ability to eat sustainably and be food secure. So those are wonderful things, Ellen, and thank you for bringing those to our attention. After the break, we'll talk more about managing food waste with Ellen Lukusiak, public health dietitian at the Middlesex London Health Unit. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist and host of Food for the Future. We're speaking about sustainable eating with Ellen Lukusiak, public health dietitian. Ellen, before the break, we discussed ways to eat sustainably and what eating sustainably was. Let's turn our attention now to food waste. It's a major issue in our community and for many households. And so what's the relationship between food waste and sustainable eating? Well, wasting food not only wastes money, but it's also not good for our environment, right? Because it produces harmful greenhouse gas emissions and that contribute to climate change. And eating sustainably means eating for the future and for the long term. And so the more that we waste, the more we're affecting the environment, but also the, the strength and sustainability of our food systems. And we could all eat healthier if we ate more of the food that we tend to throw away, like vegetables and fruit. According to the National Zero Waste Council, consumers are responsible for the largest share of food waste approximately 47% of total food waste comes from consumers. The remaining food waste is created along the food supply chain where food is grown, processed, transported, and sold, where there's a lot of waste that happens at the retail level in restaurants, hotels, and more. 
It's estimated that avoidable food waste costs the average Canadian household from $600 to $1,100 per year. Some food waste, such as fruits and vegetable peels, cores, bones, eggshells, tea bags, and coffee grounds, can't be avoided. So that's unavoidable food waste. But there's a lot of food that we throw away that's truly wasted. Reducing food waste at home can be relatively easy, can help you get more out of your food and save you money in the long run. You're right. And uh, it's interesting that although we're talking about eating sustainably, sustainably, you know, having that continuous supply of healthy food, and a lot of people are struggling right now with food costs, a lot of families and a lot of individuals. If we're struggling to meet our healthy diets with the food envelope that we have, one strategy is to look at our food waste. And you had mentioned the fruits and vegetables and the types of things that tend to go bad early. So I'm wondering, Alan, do you have some quick and easy tips to implement that will help us all avoid food waste? Yeah, it seems kind of like a daunting thing, but actually there are some simple things that we can all do. Um, we often waste food, good food, because we buy too much, or we don't plan our meals, or we don't store our food properly. Understanding food labels can help a lot with avoiding food waste. The best before date is literally that. The food is best before that date, but it's not an expiry date. Many foods such as yogurt, bread, eggs, even milk can be consumed or used in cooking or baking beyond the best before date. Check the food out and usually you can tell if the food is not edible after the best before date and that saves a lot of food waste. Planning ahead by making a weekly meal plan helps to reduce food waste. Even when it's cheaper to buy large quantities of foods, it often leads to more waste as there's too much for you or your family to consume. But if you have what you need or if there's more than you need, Refrigerate or freeze extra quantities so that it lasts longer. Uh, make soups or puree or prepare and then freeze extra vegetables and fruit that are close to the best time that can be used to be added to soups or stir fries or casseroles or in other dishes. Save leftovers for lunches or even freeze in reusable containers so that they can be added to meals at a later date. And if you have food that you cannot use, consider donating it to food meal programs or food banks where they can be used. Those are really, really good tips for us to be able to act really, really quickly. And there's some really cool things. You mentioned the National Zero Waste Council, and they've got some really great resources on using leftovers. I know that there's local resources on that. Lots of creativity that we can bring to solving these problems. And also exciting because you think, oh, no, I thought those apples were going to be good for another, you know, three days, but it looks like they need to be eaten now. Time to make an apple crisp or something like that. So Mother Nature kind of puts an element of surprise and emphasis into our lives in terms of managing food waste. And, and so those are great short-term tips, Ellen, that you offered us. But what are some longer-term investments, either in education, time, or money, that households or people in our community can make to avoid food waste? Well, I always uh, talk about preventing it in the first place, so preventing food waste. And by doing that, it, it's, it's those basics, as I said, about planning ahead and not buying too much. But for other longer term investments, you can invest in composters. You can buy smaller composters that are available in many sizes that you could use in an apartment building or in a smaller home if you didn't have a yard. Um, you can teach young children how to make a meal plan and ways to create yummy foods like soups or dips with veggies or fruit that are close to their best time. And that helps our younger generations learn how not to waste food and prevent it from being thrown away. And work with your community to start a community fridge, perhaps, or a food sharing program where extras get shared amongst neighbors and set up a, a chat within um, your neighborhood to 
to share extra food or to maybe someone has a composter that they would love to have your scrap food scraps and they can't have a composter in their yard. It, it's about looking ahead and preventing it from happening in the first place, which is a really the best approach really. Really, really good suggestions. And I was thinking as you were speaking about communities sort of having their own sort of chat or some way that they connect in neighborhoods, but wouldn't that be really cool to in our neighborhoods if we had something that, oh, you know, we can't use it. We don't want to throw it away. Um, who needs some, whatever it is, tomatoes or who could use some zucchini, especially when we're coming into our seasonal harvest locally. That would be such a fun thing to be able to offer. And it would be really, I think, a very community-based thing and really get us back to talking and uh, sharing. And that's another joy of food. Excellent advice for the long-term investments for uh, avoiding food waste too. Ellen, on the show, we try to add the humanities. So philosophy, history, and creativity to today's food dialogue. How can these approaches or subjects be applied for eating more sustainably? Well, there's nothing more important for us than food and the environment, the both, the both of them are the most important things in terms of our ability to be healthy. And it is a community approach that's needed. We, we struggled through COVID, but the thing that got us through COVID was how we all worked together and we supported each other and we needed to help each other to get through it, right? And that's what we need to do with um, eating sustainably as well. Climate change is happening right now. Food is getting more and more expensive right now. And it's all happening right in real time. And all of this requires a community effort to strengthen our food, food system so that we can all continue to grow and eat our food where we live and not have to depend on it coming from other countries or far away rather than in our own backyard. That's a, a really great philosophy of a way of life, Alan, and a belief that we can do it together. So fantastic. And the show is called Food for the Future. And it may be a silly question, but why does managing food waste and eating sustainably help us act now for a brighter way forward? Well, throwing away less food is healthier for the environment and for our food budgets, right? And if we ate more of the fruits and vegetables that we tend to throw out, which are the biggest component to the food waste, it's fruits and vegetables, we would also have healthier bodies. We need to work together to ensure that we have a more sustainable, affordable food system in the future. And if, it's for our next generations, right? That, so managing the food waste now is definitely going to help us have a brighter future, for sure. That's great. And you brought it back to the very first points you were making, the definition of sustainable eating, which is things that are good for the environment and good for our bodies. So that is a great way to finish off and uh, bring us sort of back to what it is we've been trying to do in the show, which is really start to think about eating sustainably and making the changes that each of us can. And uh, it, that's wonderful advice. Do you have any final thoughts, Ellen, to offer our listeners? Well, I'd like to congratulate people because I know that many people are already eating sustainably. They're really trying to eat more locally and it's, it's not always easy, um, but, it, but it takes an effort, right? And, it, and people are already doing things. It's really going back to the basics and making simple, small changes to how and what we eat so that we can all have a healthier, more resilient food system for us, but more importantly, for the next generations so that we can ensure that food will be available and accessible to everyone going forward. It's, it's so important, but it, it's, it's really doable. And I think that we can all do it and we're already starting to do it. What a great final message, Ellen, to congratulate everyone and to ourselves acknowledge the work that we have put into shifting to a more sustainable diet and the um, sense that 
others are doing it too and together, although it may seem like a long dial to move or important statistics to shift and who's going to do it, but together individually, I think that we can. So thank you so much, Ellen, for our conversation today. And I, I truly do appreciate your and your entire team's dedication to sustainable eating, including managing food waste in our community and beyond. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be with you, Peggy. It was really nice having you here, Ellen. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking about eating sustainably and managing food waste with Alan Lekusiak, public health dietitian at the Middlesex London Health Unit. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, what changes could you make to eat more sustainably? Something to do, visit healthunit.com food waste to learn ways that you can use all the food that you purchase. Next week on the show, it's City Farming. We'll learn all about seeds and discuss life in the garden with Alan Watts, co-owner of Anything Grow Seed Company at the Western Fair. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.